As the summer winds down, Captain Morgan is offering a special offer for Against All Odds listeners. Go to drizzly.com and use the code THERINGER to save $5 on your next order of Captain Morgan. Again, that's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com, promo code THERINGER for $5 off your next purchase of Captain Morgan, courtesy of Drizzly. People always ask me what team they should bet on, but where you're betting is just as important. That's why I tell these people, go to mybookie.ag. They have live in-game betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and a mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Plus, if you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Just visit MyBookie.ag, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G, and use the promo code RINGERNFL to activate the offer. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, welcome to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. With our producer Tate Frazier, what's happening, Tate? Oh, doing well, Sal. Glad to have everyone back on the line. It's gonna yeah. be a clear connection this week. Clear connection, big show. We're excited. Um, Tate was referred to as Tate the Snake. He was at war with the backup center of his alma mater, UNC. Uh, Tate called him out on the podcast, but you've made peace, right? Yeah, we're friends now. Well, not really. We haven't actually directly talked, but uh, now he's liking all my tweets, and you know he's trying to suck up because I, I threatened the the holy hammer of Chapel Hill, and that's a basketball program. So, oh really? Back then. I see. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. If you say you're the center for North Carolina, like 20 years from now, like that's that's pretty exciting, and, and until it comes out that it was a football team, right? Yeah, exactly. You're not Eric Montross. You're right. you're on the football team. Yeah. Well, listen, we have a gigantic show today. Even. Uh, more gigantic than the backup center for North Carolina. But Oscar De La Hoya will be calling in. Holy crap. This is like a real show, Tate. He is um, <laughs> promoting – he's literally promoting uh, Gennady Golovkin versus Canelo Alvarez this Saturday night at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. It really – it should be a great one. We'll talk to Oscar about that. We'll also talk to him about the Trinidad fight in 99, which cost me a lot of money. I'm sure he'll apologize. It actually wasn't his fault he won. He was robbed. But before that, we're going to bring on the degenerate trifecta. We'll discuss the big fight, also the best values in the futures after week one of the NFL and a couple weeks into the NCAA football season. We'll hop on Captain Morgan's make-believe Riverboat Casino. So without further ado, here they are, my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds. The degenerate trifecta is here. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? What's up, buddy? All right. Well, listen, first of all, I want to say, uh, apropos of nothing or something, a little, I, I want to say for those of you affected by Hurricanes Harvey and Irma, my heart and our prayers go out to you. And, you know, if you watch Nightline, you see the devastation and then you then you see the looters and it's very sad. But what they don't show you is the thievery that's gone on in fantasy football leagues as a result of these terrible storms. And our own uh, Harry and the Parlay Kid are, are uh, a big part of this thievery, I would say. What would you say? Brother Bry, you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I really think Harry is Harry's a scumbag. <laughs> and uh, just, like he, just like he calls Cutler a scum, he's a scum. Frank, who's in our league, is also he's, – he's probably the biggest idiot we've ever had in the league. I, I'm just – I'm so pissed after last week. Just to give anybody, everybody a little recap – well, uh, let's, Harry yeah, we, ended we've up, been doing this league for like 25 oh, years, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but, but I, let me, I just want to, Brian, what would you say Frank is like, Frank's a nice guy, but out of the 10 of us in the league, like he doesn't pay as much attention and he's, you know, he kind of, well, how would you describe him? He's like, he's almost a, an induced coma. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. He, he never pays attention. He never replaces a guy in a bye week. That's why I'm so shocked that he made trades with Darren and Harry in the first week. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't even have a computer to do the draft right. every year. He's got to do it like give you his picks. He so, tells lies. So yeah. I don't even know Harry, how did you get how did you get him to make a trade with you? Well, let me let me first I set up what's going Let me first set up yeah. what's going on here. So yeah, yeah, sure. yeah Frank doesn't yeah. know and he basically he knows Maybe knows the early 90s Vikings, and that's it. I think he tried to draft Robert Smith like three years after he retired. But So the unwritten rule is basically don't trade with Frank. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't work the waiver wire. By week nine, he's missing a a, a third receiver and a tight end, and just let him fizzle out, and, and we'll collect his entry fee uh, uh, thereon. So now, okay, so the parlay kid and Harry run into a little mess. It's not their fault. The storm, um, as a result of the storm, Harry loses his only tight end, Brait. Darren loses his defense, uh, Tampa Bay, right, Darren? Or was it Miami? Was it Tampa That's Bay? correct. Okay. So, Harry, yep, Tampa Bay. Harry, tell everybody what trade you proposed to Frank. Well, I proposed that I get um, – I gave him uh, Andy Dalton, mm-hmm. and he gave me in return uh, – because I needed, like you just said, I needed a tight end. Yeah. So he gave me his second-rate tight end, Jack Doyle of the Colts, who, by the way, nobody's starting any Colts anymore, and even T.Y. Hilton's questionable to start from now on, considering how bad they were. Mm-hmm. But I got Jack Doyle. He got me 41 yards uh, instead of zero, so I got four points out of him. I gave up Dalton, and then I guess I was sort of forced by yes. some people in the league to give up $5 of our fantasy wire money as well. Yeah, because I don't think, well, Tate, what do you think? You think it's fair? Harry gives him Andy Dalton, the guy already, Frank, has two uh, two quarterbacks already. He gives him Dalton, <laughs> who he picked in the 16th round. No one was ever going to take Dalton anyway. Uh, so this is a complete favor. And poor, poor Brother Bry, Brother Bry, you lost by two points, right? Yeah, I lost by one. One I've point. Lost, lost by one. <laughs> one and, freaking point. Yeah, I, I I lost by one. And but the thing that pisses me off is that Harry Harry's saying all week he didn't say this to you, Sal, but he's saying I'm gonna make the trade with Frank, and then Frank going into week two is gonna give me Dalton back, and I'm gonna give him Doyle. I don't so, understand well, how that's that just I made me really pissed. That's off. called collusion. <laughs> yes, of course. I haven't had time yet. I'm, what? I'm, I will. You will what, Harry? How do you think that's okay? Listen. If I if I give if I take if I take Mr. Interception Andy Dalton back, and I give him back Doyle, and Frank keeps the five dollars, technically I lost five dollars on the deal. So Brian gets screwed out of everyone because of the storm. It's not fair to you, but Brian gets completely screwed, brother Brian. He's the one. He's the one it's that okay should suffer. For Brian to get screwed. He usually has a good team. He can lose a couple. Of years. Tate, what do you think of this? <laughs> I feel bad for brother Brian. I like Harry's. Uh, I like the uh, the ambition of Harry though. I like it. You get you get the one quarterback with negative numbers and trade him away. Yeah, and then you'll get him back when he finally figures it out. It's uh, a pretty smart move, Harry. We knew this was an awful deal before Dalton had the four interceptions. We, we, we were screaming about it. Now, all right, the parlay kid. It's not not as bad because that, what did you give up? You needed a defense for the week. I needed a defense. 
Um, Frank, for some reason, drafted two defenses, <laughs> which is almost unheard of in fantasy football, yeah. right? So, luckily, uh, people should know we don't do add drops until after week one. Right, right? that's so the problem with this. We right? were stuck with our team. Yeah, we were stuck with our team week one. I lost my defense with the Bucks. I also lost my kicker with Janikowski because I obviously had no idea what was going on with him. Mm-hmm. But either way, that has nothing to do with this. But that's on so me. I, I, that's on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's on me. But I don't know for A hurricane is, is totally different. Right. Absolutely. But listen, I offer Frank uh, West from the Ravens a solid – what I think is a three running back, but maybe now looks like more like a number two running back mm-hmm. uh, for a fantasy team for the Panthers defense. He happened to have two defenses. I pick up the Panthers. They get me five or six points, but I beat Frank because of it by three points. So. Tate, this is crazy, right? He <laughs> traded with the guy he's playing. Granted, it was more fair. It was more equitable because he got West, who we'll never use, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But he then loses because he has the Vikings defense that scores nothing. And he traded away the Panthers. What do you think of this? I uh, this is this is just sad. This is, <laughs> it's great for Harry though. I, I I'm just I know Harry's having a great season so far. So week one goes to Harry. Hey, listen, oh. hey, here's the thing. Hey, here's the thing though. <laughs> Frank doesn't start West, and he would have won if he would have started West. He's got Legarrette Blunt on his bench. He doesn't start him, and he still would have won with him. He went with Mixon. By two to Darren. This is our point. He's he's mentally challenged, <laughs> and you're taking advantage of him. It, it doesn't seem right. All right, I think everyone's sick of our fantasy talk, but we had to get that out there. And Harry, you're not getting Doyle back or giving Doyle back. It's ridiculous. I don't know how. And you're <laughs> okay. I'll keep your silly mind. You think that works out? But all right, listen. Let's talk about uh, quickly mention. We'll mention baseball for a second. These Indians are crazy. This is insane. The 21 straight victories. Brian, what did what do we see? I think R.J. Bell tweeted that you get uh, one point. If you let $100 roll 21 times on them, you would have $1.18 million. Is that right? Yeah, it was something like, uh, yeah, I think that's right. It was 100 bucks. we get, uh, yeah, $1.1 million. That was after 21 today, right? Right. It was like 814 uh, or 8 something. Yeah. Now, let's, let's keep yeah, in mind. Yeah, yesterday. You really you need your head examined if you're betting $800,000 <laughs> on a base. I don't care if you're Warren Buffett. Uh, or whatever your financial status is. That's cr- crazy to do that. But the point is, 21 in a row is insane. Um, Indians-Cubs, last I saw, still 12-1. to 1. Now, I know the Cubs only have a couple-game lead on the St. Louis and Milwaukee, but, but Parley Kid, that, that's why not go for that rematch? The way the Dodgers are sinking and how hot the Indians are. Isn't that, isn't that a fun matchup? Yeah, it really is, Sal. I, what really has happened to the Dodgers for his for as wonderful as this Indian story is, uh, and obviously nobody in Cleveland really cares because they average 24,000 people a game there, even during this winning streak. It's pretty pathetic. Yeah. Um, but conversely, what has happened to the Dodgers on the other hand? I think it's just as striking, really, uh, to think about that. So yeah. right now, that National League is totally up for grabs. Uh, the Cubs, why not? Why not? Indians-Cubs rematch? Uh, I'm, I'm all for that. I think it's in the cards. I mean, yeah, the cards are not in the cards, but I think the uh, Indians Cubs 12 to one. If you haven't done that, I think it, it's uh, worthwhile. All right, we'll we'll talk more baseball next week and the in the following weeks. But uh, this is the week. This is overreaction week for gamblers in terms of NFL and NCAA um, is how as far as they're concerned. But 
Uh, based on what we've seen so far in the NCAA and the NFL, what is the best value for a futures bet? There's Heisman Trophy. There's uh, MVP in the NFL. We're going to take it. Um, Brother Brian, let's let's go NFL first. What do you see as the best value bet in the future? Yeah, I, I mean, after week one, you know, I really like the Cowboys plus 150 to win the NFC East. I mean, I didn't really – I mean, the Giants were awful in that game, but mm-hmm. – I, I the the Redskins were also awful against the Eagles. I I don't know. I don't see too much in that division. I, I don't even think the Cowboys actually even played that well. Dak missed a couple of throws, but he still doesn't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. But that offensive line just really keeps control of the, the game. So, I mean, I think plus 150, I, I was thinking when I looked at it, I thought you were going to see about even money or maybe even like minus 125 for the Cowboys after week one. But I think plus 150 is still good value on them. And if you go to bovada.lv, you'll see all these lines, all these futures lines. But now, what was it before game one? It's plus 150 now, right? Uh, yeah, it's plus 150 now. Going into the uh, year, was it a little higher? Not too much higher, wow. right? 170 or something? Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't Yeah, it wasn't so significantly high. That's why I thought maybe after this week it would have, it would have been closer to even. I like that, Harry. And, Harry, you, you've given up on the Giants already. Be, be honest. Pretty close. Pretty really? Close. You know, I'm down on Perkins. I'm down on the line. The secondary did it the best they possibly could. Contained Dallas for the most part. Kept him out of the end zone. But still, it was uh, it was very sad. Brian's correct. They look very bad, very bad. With, without uh, Odell Beckham Jr. And uh, honestly, I feel like if he doesn't come back this Monday night, they're in very, very bad shape. But, Harry, what do you think for the uh, NFL futures? You know, uh, I'm going with the next coach to be fired, and I'm gonna. And I know I discussed it last week a little bit in terms of how I was down on the Bengals, but uh, Marvin Lewis uh, is nine to one uh, to be the next coach fired. Hmm. Um, I know Pagano, Chuck Pagano, at um, I believe the odds are maybe like two fifty uh, to uh, be fired first, but I think he's going to get a bit of a reprieve because of the situation with Andrew Luck and everything. But Marvin Lewis has been there 15 years. Uh, he's 0-7 in his career in the playoffs. I mean, last week couldn't have started any worse. They get shut out at home uh, to open the season. Dalton had four picks. The defense gave up five sacks. Um, they have to come back quickly and sort of have a real crucial game this Thursday night in a, in a, in a four-fest against Houston. And if they lose that and go 0-2, uh, they're in really serious trouble because in week three they're in Green Bay. So if, if they get if they lose on Thursday and get routed by the Packers and 0-3, deep, deep trouble with Cincinnati. And things have to change for them. I mean, he owns the record for the most consecutive playoff losses, and the Bengals have not won a playoff game in 26 years. Yeah, that's- you know, you bring up that Texans-Bengals game. I think that's big for both coaches. Bill O'Brien could, could get the hook, too. He could get the early hook. I think that's a fixed line, too. Bengals minus five, five and a half. And then you think about it, a rookie quarterback on the road, at least it should be uh, Watson. But uh, I think the Bengals win that big. But otherwise, Marvin Lewis at nine to one is good odds. Parlay Kid, what do you say for your best NFL futures? Well, Sal, this might be a first, but I'm agreeing with Harry. This is what I wrote down myself. I said Marvin Lewis, nine to one, first coach to be fired. This line is thinking fast, Sal. This was at, uh, you know, as high as 1,500, uh, well, 15 to 1 yesterday. It's down to 9 to 1 today. Marvin Lewis coaching a team. I think he's worn out his welcome there. I think his message isn't getting through anymore, and that can happen to a coach. 
He's been there long. He's had a lot of. He's got a lot of veteran players that have been there a long time with him. Uh, and after a while, as a coach, sometimes they just need to hear a new voice. I think ownership's going to realize this very quickly within uh, the next week or two. I don't think I don't see this team. I could see them losing tomorrow, being 0 and 3, 0 and 4. This guy's going to get the axe. He's had a nice run there. He's been a solid coach. Not, he hasn't been able to take this uh, team past uh, a certain level, however, and now it's just on the decline. They've built around a team of, of uh, so I hate to say it, but they have some low-character players there, too. I'm sure that hasn't helped them in the long run. He's out. He's gone. Nine to one, first coach fired Marvin Lewis. That was, you know what? You were very nice about it, the way you said he's been there a long time and this kind of thing. I, I actually think... You should be the one that breaks the news to Marvin Lewis. It's a very, but very sweet way of delivering it. But yeah, I, honestly, this Thursday night game, like I said, is is so big. Like if he loses that, and like Harry, like you said, they go to Green Bay and lose those odds after next week. What do you think they are? Like three to one if no one else has gone no, by now. Imagine if they south south they lose Thursday night and then lose like forty-one to ten to Green Bay. What yeah. do you do at that point? Yeah, that, then then, well, then that, he might be the odds-on favorite at that point. Yeah. Um, if the, if that's the case, then do you just take Houston to to win then Thursday night if you like that instead of taking the money line? For yeah, you're right. See, bro- yeah. brother Bry is always thinking. Yeah, you could get plus odds on on Houston if you want to, uh, rather than taking Marvin Lewis to get fired. See, there's so many different ways to go about this. I like a few things here. The Pats now, it's it's interesting. I, not that they're written off, but they were as low as plus two seventy five to win the whole thing. Now I see them on Bovada at plus four fifty. Um, the Seahawks. Is another one minus two seventy five at after one game they're minus two twenty five is that right like that that that's weird even though they lost very strange but what are you going to do you you know Arizona is not going to win that division the Rams at seven to one are nice but you kind of missed the boat with that it would have been better at fifteen to one and the one I like though and this is going to sound crazy Hunt who was I, I he must have been like twenty to one back in August but he was thirteen to two down to seven seven to two Kareem Hunt. Chiefs running back after a monster, monster game. And Cook, who was 5-1. to one. Dalvin Cook is now 4-1. to one. I put my money on Dalvin Cook. I still think that's the guy at 4-1. to one. I love him in that spot. I think Hunt is uh, – that was a big game, but the Patriots just were not ready, or at least around the edge for that guy. And uh, Cook is going to continue going for that. And NCAA, let's move on to that. Harry, what do you like for your best future? You know, I'm going to – Take a shot uh, at eighteen to one. I sort of like Jalen Hurts uh, for Alabama. Uh, taking nothing away from Baker Mayfield, uh, he's got uh, he was phenomenal this past week, and you know I had Oklahoma a little bit on the money line, so that would worked out real nice. But he still has some tough road games this year. He's got to play at K State. They look really tough defensively, and uh, they still got to go to Stillwater and play Oklahoma State. So. Uh, I'm going to take a shot with Hurts, like I said, at 18-1. to 1. He knows how to manage their offense. He's got no interceptions this year. He's got four total touchdowns. But he has double the rushing yards to the next closest Bama player. He's averaging 8.4 yards a carry. He's also picked up the slack for running back Bo Scarborough, who uh, opened the season at 20-1, to 1, and he's fallen in the Heisman race to 80-1. to 1. Uh, mm. He should absolutely be in the Heisman talk. Uh, as the season progresses. The next five games, his stats should be even better. They don't play that great of a talent, and they don't play uh, a ranked team for like another month, month and a half 
where they get, uh, like I think, number 23, Tennessee, and then they get LSU the week after, but they have both those games at home. So uh, I think at 18-1, to Hertz is uh, definitely a uh, shot out there to take uh, a look at. That's a pretty good number. And Parlay Kid, you and I had Lamar Jackson to win this thing, uh, the Heisman. I think he was 10-1, to 1, right, when we discussed yeah. it in August? Plus well, one, plus yeah, well, 175 you know, on Bovada right now. Wow. Yes, yeah, Sal. So at this point, uh, you know, on August 9th, I had uh, Jackson. I was really uh, promoting him at 11-1. to 1, But being now at plus 175 at Bovada, I just don't think those odds uh, are good enough for me to go with. So I really like Mayfield at plus 400 at Bovada, considering on some other sites he's the favorite at plus 225. But mm-hmm. if you can get him at Bovada at plus 400, uh, this guy's got 715 yards passing after two games, 84% completion rate. That's fantastic. That's phenomenal. That's, that's record-setting. Uh, six TDs, no interceptions, a fantastic passing rating. And i got to disagree with Harry regarding the schedule. I mean, home versus Tulane at Baylor. Uh, these, these are games you're going to put up 50 points. Home versus Iowa State at Texas, at K-State. Okay, maybe the numbers come down a little bit against K-State. Home versus Texas Tech, high scoring. At Oklahoma State, high scoring. At Kansas, million points. And uh, home versus West Virginia, another game where he's going to put up phenomenal numbers, possibly record-setting numbers. The only guy in my mind that can unseat Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield at plus 400 at Pavada. That's the way to go. Yeah, I like it, and I agree. I, I, you know, that game at Baylor was probably scary when they put it on the, the schedule three years ago, but that's a 30-point win now. And basically, you know, like you said, at K-State is tough. Uh, if they win at Oklahoma State, it really could be his. It really could be as simple as that. But Lamar Jackson plus 175 is way low. Brother Bry, what's your favorite college future right now? Yeah, and I, I agree with you guys, too. Plus 175 is way too low. You might as well, if you're going to bet that, again, just bet Louisville plus 145 to win this week because that's the only way he's getting it this year. He's going to have to win in those big games against mm-hmm. Clemson and Florida State. So if you're going to bet Jackson, just bet Louisville right. this week. But what I like is a, a weird one. I like uh, I found this one yesterday. It was the first SEC coach fired Kevin Sumlin plus 175. So wow. right now Sumlin's plus 175 and Butch Jones is plus 175. And I don't know how Sumlin hasn't been fired yet. I know he was on the hot seat last year. I mean, they obviously had that terrible loss to UCLA. Everybody's calling him out on it. Last week they barely beat Nickel State. I mean, they they just survived. I mean, this week they have Louisiana Lafayette, but then after that they start their SEC schedule against Arkansas, South Carolina, Alabama, Florida. So I think if they lose a game, if they lose one of those games to Arkansas, South Carolina, I could easily see him out. And and I don't know who's even close to someone being fired first. I mean, Butch Jones. I mean, I think he's earned the right to coach at least for uh, another six games. I mean, barring that, you know, I think they might even win this week against Florida, but he's done enough. To, to keep his job. So I think Sumlin is pretty easy money, plus 175. Sumlin should have quit after the UCLA game. I don't, I don't even know. What, why stick around to get fired? That was um, that's it, It's really not going to ever get worse than that. But, yeah, all right, so those are our college uh, props. This brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, look what we do. The degenerate trifecta and I, we set sail. We jump on this Make Believe Riverboat, and we set sail tackling made-up gambling propositions related to sports and pop culture events. This one's a little complicated, but stay with me. The question is, the fake prop is, 
Who will have more wins this Sunday, the Cleveland Browns or Sterling K. Brown? Sterling K. Brown, favored to win, outstanding lead actor in a drama series. We're putting Sterling K. at minus a half a win and minus 130. Pretty complicated, but these guys are smart. They get it. Harry, do you know anything about Sterling K. Brown? Don't know a lot. I've never seen any of his uh, TV shows, but I did (laughs) watch him where he did win an Emmy before when he played Christopher Darden in The People versus O.J. Simpson. Right. So I think it seems like a pretty easy bet for him to win that because if you take the Browns, uh, last year they lost by 21 to Baltimore and Baltimore, in which this is what, that's where they're playing this week. Since 2008, the Browns have only beaten the Ravens one time in Baltimore. So right there, the wager does not bode well for Cleveland. Um, I did look, like I said, I looked up Sterling K. Brown. He's a Stanford guy. I said he's won an Emmy before. I'll take a Stanford guy over a Cleveland Brown anytime. So I think I will take Sterling K. Brown. I'll take the singular Brown over the, the plural Browns. All right. Parlay Kid, you agree? <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree on this, Sal. Uh, you know, in terms of the Cleveland Browns, uh, again, I'm going to keep saying it, Sal, but when you got football people like Sushi Brown, running the uh, team, uh, they're just not going to win many football games. And, yes, I called them sushi. <laughs> I, did, yeah, I did notice that. Yeah. It's not Things Sasha. are fishy in Cleveland. So Things you're... are very fishy in Cleveland, Sal. <laughs> so you like very Sterling. You like, you like, I got it. You like Sterling over Cleveland and Sashi, Sushi Brown, all those Browns. It's a lot of Browns. Absolutely. You could combine them all yeah. together. Sterling K. Brown, so he was excellent as Chris Darden. Right. The only reason why I kind of watched that show, right. either that or anybody who acts opposite of David Schwimmer probably seems awesome anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but he, I think he was legitimately awesome on that show. I don't watch this other show he's uh, up for right now. I hear a lot of good things about it. I I read somewhere that he's eight to thirteen in odds. Eight. Eight to thirteen. I've never seen odds like that before. Minus uh, minus one seventy five on Bob. What does that yeah. even come out to? Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. So, and and Bob Odenkirk is uh, second at fourteen to five odds. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think this is a it's a no brainer here. Uh, if this was minus eleven thirty uh, rather than minus one thirty, I would still be taking uh, Sterling K. Brown uh, to win uh, this weekend compared to the Browns. All right. What do you say, brother Bry? Sterling K, Sushi, I'm, or Cleveland? <laughs> I am going with uh, Sushi, Sushi, and the Cleveland Browns. Wow! I, do they have <laughs> Do they have a shot to win this week? I, I think potentially. I think they 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 do have a shot to win. Uh, I'm also I'm I'm going this way because I I like Odenkirk actually plus two twenty five to hmm. pull the upset here. I mean, there Better Call Saul is the only show on this list that I've actually watched and. I don't know. I don't know if you think the same, but I, without Odenkirk, this show is terrible. I, I wouldn't watch this if anybody else was in the show. So I think he carries it so much that he deserves to win. Also, there's still a good chance that uh, voters are racist. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Cle- Cleveland Browns on this one. There is always that, and like you know, I, as like Harry said, eight out of nine, uh, the Cleveland Browns have lost the last eight out of nine in Baltimore. I think the Ravens' defense will create pressure. It'll be trouble for Deshaun Kaiser. I don't know. Everyone thought he, he had a great game. Tate 
Well, wasn't his QBR like 27.5? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah what, pretty was, tough. Wasn't that good? Now you're going to Baltimore <laughs> where you never win. So I'm marking the Browns as a no wins on Sunday. Now, that would mean Sterling K would still have to win to, uh, to collect on the bet. There's talk that he might split votes with Milo Ventimiglia. The uh, you know he's read, I don't know if I even said that right, but this he's also an actor on This Is Us. I don't watch the show. Uh, all the ladies love it. Someone important died in it. it left everyone in tears. Um, he's my, minus one seventy five. I said on Bovada. I say Sterling K wins. Uh, give the half minus one thirty. Sterling K is a winner. All right, that's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live. Live like a captain. Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right. Let's talk Canelo Triple G. Now, I have Oscar De La Hoya on in a few minutes. We're going to discuss this further. But Bavada has Golovkin favored at minus 155. Uh, and that means um, triple um, – I'm sorry, Canelo is plus 125. The f- the fight to go the distance is minus 130. Everything's very close, Brother Bry. But I will say this. I like the favorite. I like Triple G. But have we ever won a minus 155? I don't think we've ever won anything in that range. Well, I would say the only – we did win Ward in these ranges. I would right, say that he's true. the only one that's comparable. Right. I would say he's the only one that's comparable. But um, – yeah, it's weird, right? Because the Triple G odds, when this, when the hypothetical odds originally first came out, he was like minus 600. And then I think back in Bay, before the Chavez fight uh, for Canelo, I think Triple G was like minus 350. So they really swung on two fights between the Jacobs fight for Triple G and the Chavez fight for Canelo. And I think, I, I don't know if they should have swung that much because, I, you know, Chavez, to me, is awful, and I think Jacobs is actually really good. So I think at minus 155, you're still getting pretty good value at Triple G. I know you, you'd you feel better, right, Sal, if, if these odds were higher right now? I, I wish he was minus 400. I, I wish a lot of money would come in and he'd be minus 400, and then I could put it with the, you know, your Raiders or something on the money line, just collect a little less or a lot less. But, yeah, for sure, that's how I think. So what's your best, Brian? Yeah, so what I what I like, I mean, again, I'm I'm definitely going to be taking him just to win, but I, I think I'm also going to put a little bit of money on him to win in the 10th to 12th round. I could see his size and his power eventually taking over some body shots, uh, you know, hurting hurting Canelo. I know Canelo's never never been knocked out, but I I, I think the odds of plus 725 to tr- for Triple G to win in rounds 10 through 12. Also, if you like Triple G in the 11th at 20 to one or in the 12th at 25 to one, I don't see I don't see this ending early by any stretch. I, don't, I think uh, these guys have too much pride. But one thing I will say too, Sal, on Triple, Triple G is that I don't think I've ever seen a guy want to win a fight more. I mean, this guy's been calling for this fight for years. For mm-hmm. three years, he's been asking for it. I think that motivation definitely serves him. He's going to be looking to prove a point. And, you know, I would take a little bit of a risk on a, on a late stoppage here. I don't know if anyone, you say no one ever wanted to win a fight more. When Harry, uh, as a junior in college, punched Alex Logie in the face, I don't even know why, but uh, he wanted to win that fight more than anybody. Isn't that true, Harry? <laughs> Ripped that guy to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> Threw him around like a rag doll. What he, happened? He was watching what was my it? television. He was what? He was watching my television. I wanted to watch the baseball game during the summer when he was staying at my house. Right. Wouldn't let me watch my television while he's watching the Animal Planet. He's watching Frogs. Show on Frogs. <laughs> on a Friday night when I was already drunk. 
frogs on a Friday night. Sounds like a raging Friday night. Yeah, I know. Harry Harry's college experience was a lot different from everyone else's. <laughs> All right, Harry, what did you, you care about? You, you care about this you most of the classes with me. I know. I actually I was. I was in a lot of classes with you. Yeah. <laughs> what do you like on this, Harry? Do you care about this at all? Triple G decision. I, plus I know you guys are the experts, and I'm not big into boxing, but right. I did discuss this with I did discuss this with Brian a little bit. Where it's interesting to me, though, where uh, Canelo is an underdog, but yet if you want him by decision, he's like I believe plus 180, and Triple G is plus 240. So I did a little investigating on this because I might throw a little bit on it. And I know Canelo has the endurance factor in his corner. He's gone the distance 10 times in his career uh, compared to Triple G only once in 37 fights. So I think with that line discrepancy by decision instead of the regular line, and Alvarez is plus 180, mm-hmm. uh, I'll take a shot at that. At the by decision, with knowing he has the endurance factor at plus one eighty, I'll take a little shot. At All that. right, you know what, Harry? I like that analysis. You really you dug deep there. I feel like you're not still concussed from the Alex Logie fight back in ninety uh, two. <laughs> I like it, uh, Parlay Kid. What do you say? I, you're going back and forth with this, right? It, it, it's tough to pick a winner. Oh, this, this fight. is this is one of the toughest we've probably ever had to do. Yeah. Um, and by the way, so Harry says he's not big into boxing, but. I'm not even sure if he's big into football anymore. He didn't even watch the 1 o'clock games the other day, Sal. He's too busy working out, trying to lose this weight. Is that right, Harry? For the contest. Oh, I, I, didn't, mean, I, I, didn't watch, I didn't watch until uh, maybe uh, three minutes left in the third quarter of the early game. Why? What, what could you be doing? <laughs> working out, man. That weight is coming down. <laughs> the whole point is you're going to... No, I don't... Yeah. I didn't need to, I didn't need to listen to Tony Romo for one second. <laughs> you know, you did. You, you you'd be able to sound smart the next week when you talk about these games if you listen to Tony Romo. Talk about he's, predicting he's things. Wait, I don't know. He's just he's just wagering on every play. Left. Oh yeah, you don't the like, ball to the left. You don't like that. Right, five dollars. No, you don't like that at all. <laughs> I could see why you'd be turned off by that. See what I started. See I what I started. We got to go at least ten, not five. Well, Jim Nance is hard to collect from, so I could see why he's starting low. But uh, Parley Kid, what, what do you like? Hey. Oh, well, I like Romo. Obviously, he was awesome. But in this fight, Sal, um, listen. From what I understand, Canelo is bulked up. He's put on some weight. He's put on some strength. Uh, these two both complete fighters. Uh, I just listened to Freddie Roach today. Uh, I guess he's a little bit against the uh, the bulking up of, of some fighters sometimes because it could compromise their speed. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. But I think Canelo, uh, he really needed to do that for this fight. Um, and, I, and what I also learned today is that Triple G uh, beat up on Alvarez in some sparring sessions years years ago. So to me, I think that's why he's calling for this fight. I think mm-hmm. he's a little little overconfident coming into this fight. I think that his last fight, Triple G's last fight against Jacobs about six months ago, right? Was that in March? Uh, I think think it was about March. So about six months ago. uh, That was a war. I think that took a lot of starch out of this guy. We've seen this happen in boxing before. He's 35 years old. And I know uh, Alvarez has more fights than he does in his career. But I think that fight took a lot of starch out of Triple G. So I'm really going to stick with what, what my gut was first telling me. But this is what I like for this fight, Sal. Alvarez to be knocked down and still win is plus 600. Wow. I'm going to take that. I could see this happening like a flash knockdown early in the fight. 
But then Alvarez just digging at him, digging at him, winning the middle to later rounds and winning this fight. Because Triple G, besides that Jacobs fight, he doesn't go the distance. Right. He doesn't go the distance. Alvarez is coming off one of the softest fights. He's fresh. That fight against Chavez uh, months ago, that, that just was like a total tune-up. Easy, easy peasy. He's fresh. He, he's going to get knocked down. But win the fight, plus hmm. 600, I really like that. That's really interesting because if he doesn't knock Triple G down, you're talking about that he has to win really eight to four, right, in rounds to, to win that, right, I think. So, I, I mean, seven five would be a that. push, right? Or maybe seven – no, seven five. I guess seven five. I think so, he could still win yeah. seven five and win by a point. Right. Yeah. Okay. Wow. You know, I, here's the thing with this fight. It's like it's so great. And if you were to tell me these guys were going to only fight once – I would love, love, love Triple G, but you know, there's the whole, there's all the shenanigans in boxing. You can't, you can't discard that, and they might be going yep. for a rematch. There's probably going to be a rematch, so who knows how the judges see this if it was going to go the distance. But even so, I like a bet uh, similar to Brother Bryce. I like uh, Triple G in seven to twelve rounds. It's on Bavada plus three twenty-five. I think. Look, he's the true middleweight. It's uh, you know, obviously he's older, but I think they feel each other out. I think they unload bombs early on, and I think Triple G is just going to be too awkward for Canelo. He's he's much older, but he's slick, and he's going to be he's going to be too awkward. And Canelo's not going to know what to do with him, and the power is just going to overcome him. Uh, Golovkin in like round nine, I would say, knocks him out. But I still think there'll be a rematch. Uh, that Golovkin in seven to twelve is plus three twenty five, and uh, we will speak to uh, Oscar De La Hoya more about that in a minute. But let me talk. My bookie right now. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on. Patriots, Steelers, Bears, Lions. Let me tell you, where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. And that's why I tell people to go to mybookie.ag. My bookie's been in the business for years. Their reputation is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing, and they have the fastest payouts, two business days. You already know who's going to win, right? Lay down some cash, win big today. I like doing the live odds on my bookie. I, I get a, uh, you know what, I, I take the, uh, like, Indians are up 3-1 in the seventh. I'll bet them. Bet a lot, like $70 to win 10 and there you go. In like 20 minutes, it pays off. I got $10. I could buy uh, I could buy a nice lunch, Chinese food or something. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. So if you put $75 down, you get $75 back. $100 down, you get $100 extra. Take, if you deposit $500, how much will MyBookie match? $500. Yes, that's Correct. exactly right. I did it. See, Tate's paying attention. <laughs> Just visit mybookie.ag, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.ag, and use the promo code RINGERNFL to activate your offer. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, we're going to try something new right now. I hope this works out. Now, is everyone familiar with the show? Tate, you know Shark Tank, right, on of, ABC? Of course, of course. FUBU, Mark Cuban. The mean guy. Oh, you know yeah, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> See, I just knew All Mark Cuban. Yeah. Yes, people. What basically happens is people go up there. They pick. They pitch their inventions, things they've worked on uh, their whole lives, and these mega rich tycoons. They scream at these poor people and tell them why their idea is shit. So we're going to try to replicate that because it sounds like so much fun. Uh, each member of the de- degenerate trifecta is going to pitch me their best bet. Doesn't matter what sport. Coming up this weekend. 
and I'm going to buy one of them. Or maybe I'm not going to buy one of them. This whole thing could just be another excuse to yell at Harry. Who knows? We'll figure it out. But Brother Bry, what do you think? What's your best bet? Pitch me. All right. All right. I'm going with the Browns plus nine this week. It's a minus 120 on Bavada. You're, you're going to think that's nuts, but I'm going to try and convince you why. Go ahead. So nine of the, so I'm gonna all right here we go nine of the last ten games between these two teams have been decided by ten points or less. Number two in the last two seasons the Ravens have only won by more than ten two times. Now number three is pretty pretty nuts. In the last five years the Ravens have only won back to back games by ten or more points only once. Hmm. So last week they already won by twenty. So I don't think it's happening again. Number four are the Ravens even good? Granted, their defense was phenomenal last week, but they also had a plus-four turnover margin, and they only had 268 yards. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that we're overrating them after week one. Again, the defense great, but we tend to see that, right, on week one, that you win by a lot, and then second week you might even lose that game, or at worst, or at best, it's a close game. Right. So I like the Browns plus nine at minus 120. Interesting. So if you take the Browns plus nine at minus one twenty, it doesn't even matter what Sterling K. Brown does the later that night. <laughs> well, it still could. I, you know, these, they could definitely. They're probably going to lose this game, but it's going to be close. Aren't all these? Oh right, that's right. AFC we, North games close. Uh, yeah, aren't all these games close though? It could be. All right, let me think about that for a minute. That could be all right. You know, it's, we're going to learn a lot about the Ravens. Thursday night by watching the Bengals, I think. We'll see how, how right, good or right. bad they actually were. Uh, Parlay Kid, what do you think? Can you do better oh. than Browns plus nine? Oh, Sal, you, well, you know how I feel about the Browns. Yes. They're, they're destined to uh, be losing these games by probably 20 or 30 going forward. <laughs> okay. All right, but listen, Sal, I'm going to pitch to you something. I'm going to tell you how to put together a 16-to-1 parlay. Whoa. Okay? And you're going you're gonna to fall in love with this one. Okay. All right. So, and you know, this is our first time doing it. I gotta go with a parlay. But right. first, Sal, you gotta take your no-brainers. All right, for this week, you got the Panthers home versus the Bills minus three thirty money line. This is a money line parlay. Okay, so money line parlay. Panthers easy over the Bills. Then you're gonna take another one, sprinkling your no-brainers. Panthers, Bucks, Raiders. I'm just gonna put it out like that. Those are your no-brainers. So, any of those teams losing this week, Panthers, Bucks, Raiders. Tate, do the Panthers, no, the right? pa- Good. Panthers no. get tripped up, Tate? No, they're fine. Everyone saying McDermott will know their playbook and all this stuff, but the, it's the Bills. Come on. No. Okay. It's the Bills. Bills are not starting the season 2-0. and Okay, so you got those three teams right there. Mm-hmm. Then you got to take your teams that are not going 0-2. Okay? All right. You got your Pats. Mm-hmm. Okay? You got your Seahawks. And you got your New York Giants. Or should I say New Jersey Giants. All right. Okay. (laughs) Those teams are not going 0-2. And, Sal, you know these are the games. These are are winners. Uh All right. Those teams are not starting off 0-2. Seahawks, home. Giants, home. Pats on the road. But they're not going 0-2. They're going to destroy the Saints. Okay. Then you're going to sprinkle in your revenge game. That's the Green Bay Packers over the Falcons. Okay, they're plus 125. This is where you're going to start increasing your odds right here. Right. Okay, Green Bay looked phenomenal against the Seahawks the other day, at least defensively. 
And you know on that turf in Atlanta, they're going to put up a ton of points. Their defense is going to outplay Atlanta's defense. They want revenge for that NFC Championship game last year. Go Green Bay. And then, Sal, one last thing. You take a pick from the gut. My gut's telling me the Titans over the Jags. Okay, the Titans are minus 134, uh, 135. I know they're on the road. I have a good feeling they're a pretty good road team. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's my parlay. That's a 16-to-1 parlay, Sal. Wow. So that's the Pats, the Seahawks, the Giants, the Panthers, the Bucks, the Raiders, and the Titans. Wow. All right. 16-to-1 money line parlay. You gotta love that, Sal. Eight teams, sixteen to one. I do like it. I, I I'm gonna root against Harry's Giants, and I do like Green Bay over Atlanta and Titans over the Jags. Oh man, that's a tough one. You All like right. them? Then this is a no-brainer. It's You're a right. no-brainer. All right. Speaking of no-brains, Harry, let's go. <laughs> let's hear yours. Um, Notre Dame visits Boston College this week on Saturday, and uh, my pick is. Boston College plus the 14. Now, I don't know if you guys witnessed Brian Kelly's explosion after uh, losing that tight game to Georgia on Saturday, but he was absolutely ridiculous. He's an angry jerk-off screaming at some woman who's a reporter about uh, about nonsense because he was so upset he can't take losing. The guy's losing it. So, first of all, Notre Dame's head coach out of control. Number two... Uh, it's a big-time opening for a major letdown going on the road to Chestnut Hill, where uh, I love that how number three, Boston College, tanked last week at home versus Wake. No one will like BC this week. No one will have BC. So at number four, this includes three times, the last three times, that Boston College has played the Irish. In 2015, Notre Dame was number four with Deshaun Kaiser, at quarterback, they were number four in the country. They were a 16-point favorite, and the Irish only won 19-16. BC covers in 2012. Notre Dame was minus 19. Notre Dame wins 21-6. BC covers, and in 2011, Notre Dame was minus 24 and a half, and the Irish won that game 16-14. Like I said, with them tanking the tanking against Wake Forest, they're one and one BC. But the run defense has been pretty good this year. They've given about 130, 140 yards a game. Absolutely, that's the only thing Notre Dame's been able to do a little bit on offense. They can't pass the ball. They're minus 14 on the road in a letdown game. Take the Boston College Eagles plus the 14. I like it, Harry. Why do you like that, Tate? Because it's all, all the kids that didn't go, all the Catholic kids that didn't get to Notre Dame that wanted to get recruited. They all go to Boston right. College instead, and then they have this chip on their. It's like a rivalry game for those kids. It's good. <sighs> I like it, Harry. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah, I'm sorry, Harry. I don't like it. They lost 34 10 to Wake Forest last week. They never scored. Their over unders last year were like. They were looking ahead to Notre Dame. They don't care about Wake. You don't think Notre Dame maybe was looking ahead to Boston College? That's why they lost to Georgia. I don't no, know. I, I, I think it's right <laughs> around there. I think it's right around two touchdowns. I, I'm not... Listen, if, if they would have got smoked by Georgia, that's one thing. But in such a tight game, and they could have won it at the end, and they didn't get it done, Kelly erupts. BC plus the fourteen. Look right. at the history. You know what? I'm going to let you. Uh, I'm going to let you go uh, solo on that one. I'm not going to buy that. Brother Brian, I'm not impressed with the Browns, and the Steelers were my best bet uh, last week. And you know they decided to not play, not play 
the fourth quarter, so I lost that, and uh, I'm down on Deshaun Kaiser for some reason And uh, until they get their uh, act together. Parlay kid, I have some hesitation a little with this parlay with the Titans and uh, and and the Giants, but you know what? I'm not risking a lot to win a lot here, so I'm going to go with you. I'm buying the parlay kids parlay at 16 to one and eight teamer, yeah. and uh, that's it. That's our first uh, segment of the Shark Tank. I think that went well, Tate. What do you think? Yeah, congrats to Darren. Way to go. Parla- yeah. The parlays win. Right. Um, hey, listen, that's what I do. Right. <laughs> Harry, maybe the, you may- The parlays are always going to be more exciting. Tate, Al calls me the dummy, and those two are taking an eight-teamer. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, maybe you can sell your uh, Boston College bet to Frank. Why don't you call him right as soon as we're, uh, we're done with this? <laughs> I, I texted him already. He's, he's calling you and Brian a couple of swine. Okay. All right. Well, that's true. All right, fellas. Thank you. I've... Uh, I've had enough of you, but uh, this was good. We have a lot of football, and we have boxing. And we're going to talk more boxing with Oscar De La Hoya in just one minute. What's this? Oh, yeah, the Casper. You know, the Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Supportive memory foams create an award-winning sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you're going to spend a third of your life on it. Free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada. With over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars, it's quickly becoming the Internet's favorite mattress. Tate Frazier, our producer. Is it your favorite mattress? You have a Casper, right? Just like the internet, yeah. It's my favorite. Me me and the internet agree. It's a great mattress. You have your lady uh, has tried it out too, right? (laughs) Exactly. And she approves as well. The internet, my lady, and myself all approve Casper mattress. Yes, they're going to conceive a child on that Casper mattress very soon. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com slash odds, O-D-D-S, and using offer code O-D-D-S. Terms and conditions apply. All right, welcome back to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Well, you know, it doesn't get much better than this. My next guest, where do I start? Former gold medalist, held titles in, I think, six different weight classes. He is the founder of Golden Boy Promotions, which is responsible for putting together the big showdown this Saturday between Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez. Oscar De La Hoya, thanks for coming on Against All Odds. Thank you. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oscar, for, for, before we get to Canelo Triple G, this is going to be a real easy interview for you because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kiss your ass a little and then we'll talk uh, the big fight <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I'll let you go do more important things. But first of all, let's, let's go over your career. First of all, you had something insane like 225 or 230 amateur wins and that – I think you were like fighting every ten days or so. You were fighting more than the the Real Housewives of Atlanta fought. Do you do you look do you look <laughs> back at be. that and wonder how you kept a, a crazy schedule like that? You know, I, I I look back at it and 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 think how I kept all my marbles in my head. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it it was a uh, it was a uh, it was a grueling schedule. I mean, uh, being an amateur. Um, is a, is a tough task, um, especially when you're fighting at the highest level. But you know, when you when you're an amateur fighter, your 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 dreams, your um, you know, are to go out there, um, um, uh, make the Olympic team, 
win a gold medal for your country. And uh, that's exactly what I was doing it for. I mean, I, there was no stopping it. God bless you. And was it really like, it must have been like every two weeks or something that you had a fight, right? It was. It was actually. Um, I, I remember I remember fighting on a Saturday and, uh, and, and, and the, I mean, the following day, Sunday, you recuperate for a few hours, then you fight again. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, box, amateur boxing was totally different back then in the days. You know, we it was televised. Um, I mm-hmm. believe it was like a USA Network. Um, we had good exposure. The whole Golden Glove uh, tournament was uh, was a big deal. So, uh, so, so we were motivated. We were we were uh, extremely anxious to get in the ring once again and fight uh, often. Yeah, and then you know, then it, obviously you turn pro. Jesse James Leha, I think he had like one loss, and you destroyed him in two rounds. You have. Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, you, you put him out in the fourth round. Was that the toughest fight for you in terms of how the Latino community was split? Maybe they weren't in your corner as much as you had hoped. Yeah, no, it was it was it was difficult. Um, it was difficult times because um, you know if you if you really take a look at that fight, um, you know because here here I am as as an Olympic gold medalist and you know I represented my country, which I mean obviously I'm very proud of being born here in the USA. Um, you know, but I have, I have, I have, uh, you know, Latino roots. I have, I have Mexican roots. You know, my both my parents were born in Mexico, and uh, and so when I faced the legend, when I faced the, the Mexican icon, my my identity was kind of lost. Mm-hmm. It, it was like, who am who am I? Where where am I from? People were asking, like, you're not real Mexican. You're not a Mexican. You're not a you know you Chavez is our Mexican hero, and so. And so, where am I from? Am I from the U.S. or am I from Mexico? It's like it was, it was, it was some, it was some crazy times. I mean, yeah. and, and and literally that fight, literally that fight, um, um, separated families. It separated, uh, uh you know, uh, generations. It, it, uh, I mean, the, the culture clash that we uh, went through was was incredible. Yeah, and you know, I I feel for you because here you are, like you said, you win the gold medal. You're from Los Angeles. I mean, you can't help from where you're born right but yet still some mexican americans <laughs> mexican americans in la or you know they have to decide like you must be like what 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 more do i have to do right well i mean it, it was it, I, i'm now that i look back at it i'm i'm i'm, I'm so i'm so blessed and and, and and i i'm thankful that i i stuck to my guns because my message was always look i'm i'm born here in the usa i, I i'm proud of it i i love it i you know, this country gave me my gold medal, gave me the opportunity uh, uh, to to make the Olympic team, and all these all these uh, you know uh, dreams that that came true for me. So so I'm blessed that I was born in the USA, right. but I'm proud of my roots. You know, so so I stuck with that. I stuck with that. And so what, what what's happening now is that all those people that were rooting against me, who who were Mexican nationals or or you know uh, with Mexican roots or um, who who were rooting for Chavez. So now, now what's happening is that now, now they have kids who are born in the USA. So now they understand what I went through. Right. So, so it's it's it, it, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a in, in uh, you know in, in education you know kind of like sure it, 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 it's it's telling them hey look I mean it's 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 great to be born in the US of A and and it's great to have be proud of your 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 your, your Mexican your, your heritage your Mexican roots and so it's okay and so now. 
now I'm I'm accepted a bit more. Yeah, and it took a, like a generation to figure out, like you said, and and it's not exactly the same situation, but we saw a little of it with Canelo against uh, Chavez Jr. Um, he couldn't, I, I, in my estimation, couldn't win the Latino fans over. It was still a Chavez Jr. At least on the site, it seemed like a Chavez Jr. crowd. Did you talk to Canelo about uh, something like this and how to handle it? Well, I mean, uh, Canelo, Canelo's a, I mean, he's, he's born and raised in Mexico. Right. And, and I mean, he's adored. He's adored in Mexico and they love him. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, one thing with Canelo is that he's adored and loved by, by, by the, the, the male fan and he's adored by the female fan, you know, because of his look. Right. So he, ha- he has the best of both worlds. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a little different, a little different, but he has the best of both worlds. He's a serious fighter. <laughs> he goes out there and takes care of business. Uh, but and and women adore him, so he has the best of both worlds. Yeah, that's nice. It's nice to have the woman thing. Uh, hopefully, his face doesn't get mashed up uh, too much this week, <laughs> so he can keep that going. All right, so let's move on. Speaking of taking care of business, Pernell Whitaker, Hector Camacho, Icarte, uh, guys were all champions. None of them had more than two or three losses. I think when you fought them, you took them all out. Now the Trinidad fight in '99, and this one, this one kills me, and I'm sure it kills you because I bet a lot of money on you, a lot of money that I didn't even have at the time. And you dom- you dominate the fight. You admittedly take the last couple rounds off and you lose a majority decision. And I'm s- sick to my stomach. I still am. I, have you watched this uh, recently or ever? I, I actually have. I watched it recently. And, uh, just, to, just to get an idea of, uh, <clears throat> of what people were talking about because I didn't, like, I, I obviously felt I won the fight. Mm-hmm. But... I, I didn't I didn't know how easy that fight was for me right um, until until I until I watched it uh, again uh, just recently and um, you know I mean for me today I mean it is what it is I think I think people know um, you know what took place in that ring people know you know the the, the obviously the politics that are involved uh, sometimes in boxing and so um, you know I, I actually felt very comfortable with that with that with that with that fight. And, and now I can look back at it and say, you know what I mean? People know the world knows who won and, uh, and so it helped me to move on. Well, I watched, yeah, I, I watched it last night. I watched the entire fight last night uh, just to torture myself. And you won the fight easily, by the way, in case you're not wondering. Eight rounds to four. I, I, I don't care what they say. You won at least eight rounds in that fight. But here's what I'm watching. After yeah. the fight, this is what gets me crazy. And help me out here. They, so you're, you're, you're so sure you're going to win. You're on your trainer's shoulders. And then they put you down for the actual announcement. And then the terrible announcement comes in, the upset. And you're bummed out for like 10 seconds. And then right away, almost right away, you're in the post-fight interview. You're smiling. There's glitter falling on you from the sky. You're, you're praising your opponent. How, I remember thinking, what is wrong with this guy? He, he, he just got his undefeated record stolen from him, and he's all, all smiles. What 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 was what was it? is it uh, is it just a case of ex- exhaustion and you just don't feel like fighting anymore and verbally or how how does that set in? Yeah, it was a case of just look. I mean, I know what transpired there. I know what took place. Uh, let's just let's just move on. You know, let's move on. I'm I'm I, I'm I'm the type of person that uh, you know doesn't doesn't have a mean bone in his body. I don't I don't hold grudges. I don't you know. It's like. Let's just move on. What happened happened, and uh, you know, and, and I was thinking every second of of, of, of of that moment, I'm gonna get the rematch anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna get the rematch and really take care of it. You know, so 
So that was in my head, like, okay, right. if, if I if I didn't if I didn't take you out and they didn't give me the decision right here, then you know, wait for the rematch. And yeah. it never happened. That's and it never did happen. You're right. Oh boy, I I I, uh, I appreciate how you're able to show composure. If I if I was robbed like that, I would have grabbed. Larry Merchant by the bow tie and swung him around the ring until the judges changed their decision. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know how you didn't throw a tantrum, but good for you. Um, then great fights against Vargas and Sugar Shane Mosley. You lose to Bernard Hopkins, although you were winning on one of the cards before he hit you with a good body shot. Um, yeah. and th- then Mayweather. And uh, I, I don't know if people realize this, that you were the closest out of anyone to beating Mayweather. It was a split decision. You didn't lose worse on the other two cards than 115-113. Uh, was he the toughest you ever fought? Because it appears that you were the toughest he ever fought. No, no, he wasn't the toughest at all. I mean, uh, really? I think I, I think the toughest. I mean, you got to take into consideration when I fought Pacquiao. Um, obviously, I was, I was. It was a shell of who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I lost too much weight. Uh, I mean, what was I thinking coming down to one forty-seven? Right. Um, so, but but when I fought Pacquiao, I I felt. I felt uh, I felt the speed. I felt I, I didn't really feel the power much because I had a really good chin, but I felt the speed. I felt the talent, um, the toughness in him. You know, mm-hmm. um, he 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 might have been the toughest that I fought. Who knows what it would have been like uh, if I was in, in my prime? Right. Um, obviously, as a as a fighter and competitor, I'm going to say that I would have won easy. But you know, um, um, when I fought Pacquiao, he was a tough. He was a tough guy. He was a you know, he was a, a guy who came forward, who gave everybody a show, who uh, who uh, would throw punches and bunches and and and, and be exciting and and and, and tough. So uh, it, it probably would have to be between Manny Pacquiao and I Corte. I Corte, interesting. Wow. Okay, that's good. Yeah, Pacquiao. I mean, it, it must have been almost impossible to prepare for Pacquiao at that stage in his career. Just like you said, punches and bunches and and from all different angles too. So. Um, I don't even know how a sparring partner partner could have replicated that, but and I know people are probably sick of the Mayweather McGregor talk, but I want to touch on it because you were vocal about it a couple of days before the fight. You felt Mayweather and McGregor were disrespecting the sport so much so that you tweeted the f word, and and I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I thought I thought this was a sham. It ended up being better fight than I had hoped, but you have to be happy with the outcome. It it kind of saved boxing in a sense, right? Aren't aren't you relieved that Mayweather won decisively? Well, I mean, I'm relieved he went uh, decisively, uh, but again, I, 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 I'm sticking to my guns and saying that it, it was all a farce. It was all, I mean, you know, uh, when Mayweather wanted to turn it up, um, you know, he would, he would, uh, he would make uh, McGregor look silly in the ring, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so, so, to me, it was just, uh, it was just one of these, one of these, one of these events, one of these fights where, one of these fights where you talk about it for, for. One night, and then you know, down the down the line, months later, the years later, people won't, won't even remember that. You know, it's like I want to see fights like this this Saturday. Right. You know, I want to see fights where I mean, I'm still talking about uh, uh, Thomas Hearns versus Marvinus Marvin Agnes, for instance. You know, mm-hmm. because because it was a great fight, and that's exactly that's exactly uh, why I was so uh, uncomfortable and ticked off. Uh, with that, with that Mayweather McGregor, because because that's not a boxing fight. It's right. not a boxing fight that's going to make us remember for a long time. It's not. Right. It's not going to make us remember that it was such a great fight. You know, it, it's going to make us remember that it generated money, that mm-hmm. it was a big circus. But 
not not because it was a great fight. Would you have appreciated an opportunity like that? I don't know. Maybe the like the the it would have would have been boring. They weren't as flamboyant. But maybe if like one of the Gracies had uh, had uh, challenged you in your prime, would you have appreciated that, or would that you have seen that as too disrespectful? I mean, it seemed like there were enough uh, enough high quality opponents for you in the in the boxing arena. No, oh, I mean uh, you, you can't. You can't look. I mean, like Gracie, for instance, is the best at what he did in his in his sport, um, and I was the best at what I did in my sport. And so it's not that I that I, I don't appreciate um, McGregor or or the MMA. It's it's the fact that look, we should just stay in our own sport. I mean, it's, it's that's why I was saying it's a disrespect to boxing uh, because there's so many talented fighters out there that can give me whether a a uh, run for his money and and decides to decides to uh, to fight uh, a guy who who whose record in boxing was zero and zero. Right, you're right. All right, let's get to Canelo Triple G. I, I think you're promoting the fight of the decade. Congratulations, by the way. I really do. I think is this. Thank you. Do you feel like this is the middleweight version of De La Hoya Trinidad? No, this is this is uh, this is uh, Thomas Turns marvelous Marvin Hagler all over it. Wow. I mean, there's there's going to be. There's going to be some bombs uh, um, um, all night uh, um, inside that ring on Saturday night, and people know it. Yeah, people know people know that it's going to be a great fight because of their styles. I mean, these guys are so uh, they have so much pride. Uh, there's so much at stake. Uh, they're both knockout artists. They don't know how to take a step going backwards. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be a real fight. That's great, and and obviously a Hagler Hearns type battle is perfect for you as a promoter. But short of that, what are you looking for? Are you like, I mean, a, a a good close decision. If Triple G wins eight rounds, you're completely bummed, right? Because there's it'd be tough to set up a rematch. Is that right? I'm not, I'm not even thinking. I'm I'm thinking. Look, I want it to be a great fight. That's mm-hmm. all. I want the fans to win. I want the fans to enjoy this this great fight because these types of fights do not come there to come often. Right. Now, I know it's probably weird for you to make a prediction, but what's important here is that I make some money off of this. Triple G is a slight favorite. You have to put down a dollar fifty to win a dollar. Uh, Vegas says the same odds that it goes the distance. Um, would you be surprised if it went the distance? You men- mentioned the power, and um, w- what do you think? You think eventually someone gets knocked off their feet? I would be very surprised if this fight goes the distance. Wow. I think, I think both. I think. I think both guys hit so hard, uh, you know, uh, um, that that somebody's gonna get knocked out. Um, there's too much talent and too much raw power inside that ring on Saturday night. I love it. I love it. Did you ever feel? Uh, I'm a big gambler, and I, 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 did you ever feel the urge to bet on yourself before a fight? Never did. No. I never did actually. Um, I never did. I, I like I said. I, I always. I always. I always respected my opponents. I always respected myself. I respected my sport. Um, you know, I, I just never had the urge of, of betting on myself um, because because I would have felt like I mean I, I'm 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 altering something. You know, I can carry this guy or I can you know because of the odds or and make some extra dollars. Like I, I was never into that. I I was always just a professional. I took care of business and 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 did my job. Good for you. If I were, if I were like you and had like great uh, training sessions, knocking all my sparring partners off their feet, I would, I would, I would get right in the car and drive to Vegas. I would have no self control. <laughs> that's, 
That's why you're a champ, though. I don't know how you did it. Now, your your, your fights, though, they generated almost $700 million in pay-per-view dollars. And and so you said, wait a minute. I don't have to get socked in the jaw 100 times a night to make a living. I can get a thrill and a nice paycheck by signing talent to big fights. I think I know the answer to this, but does it feel as good at the end of a great promotion as it did at the end of a marquee fight you participated back in the day? There's, there's basically no, I mean, there's no comparison to you know, I mean, being in the ring. Obviously, the adrenaline and, and you know the hard work you put into it. But um, I, I, I do have to say that this is for me, for me, this is like, for me, this is like almost winning a gold medal. Uh, uh, wow. You know, as an amateur, as an amateur, the uh, the, the highest, the highest uh, accolade, the highest uh, prize you can win is a gold medal uh, as an Olympian. Um, for me, as a promoter, these are the fights that I live for. This is this is what this is a, this is a promoter's dream, and mm-hmm. uh, so so I can I can seriously now say that I've I've made it in the in the in the you know in the promotional world. Um, these are the types of fights that the fans deserve, and this is this is the type of fight, uh, fight that I love to deliver to the fans. It's going to be a great one, I think. And if you could have promoted any fight in history that didn't end up happening, which would it be? Might have, been, uh, might have probably, been yourself uh, against uh, uh, probably, Katsuya. Uh, De, La Hoya, right? De La Hoya Sugar Eleven. Oh, really? Oh, I see. You're going back. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, that would have been phenomenal. Oh, yeah. That would have been a phenomenal matchup of styles. You think you would have done okay? Oh, yeah. More than okay. Me <laughs> <laughs> and Sugar Eleven have this thing with each other. I mean, he's such a great guy, such a phenomenal human mm-hmm. being, and... Uh, we're always uh, we're always debating who would have who would have won and who you know and why and so it's pretty interesting when you hear us talk uh, um, uh, you know the rivalry we have the friendly rivalry we have uh, yeah. when we talk about a, a dream fight with Tim and myself. Yeah, it's weird. I had him on last week. He said he would have knocked you out in three rounds. That's very strange. Oh, of course, of course, no. I would have knocked him out in two rounds. <laughs> You know, actually, I, actually, I didn't have him on, but I just baited you into that. Wow, that's something. <laughs> let, let me ask you this: fake proposition, 2017 Conor McGregor versus 1999 Oscar De La Hoya in a boxing match, over under four and a half rounds. In a in a boxing match, would would have taken one round. One round. Wow. Oh, of course. And but you, in the octagon, I'll, I'll be tapped out in one. Second. Right, right, but but you actually mean one round, like Mayweather said, two rounds, and then uh, he fooled all of us because he then claimed he had a plan, and I do believe him to uh, tire McGregor out. But you really think you you would have gone right after him? Oh, of course. I mean, from from what I saw, uh, you know, and 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 God bless him that he tried. You mm-hmm. know, but um, like, again, boxing and, and MMA. I mean, the punches are coming from different angles. Uh, you know, uh, the footwork is different. I mean, uh, you know, the the punches that McGregor was landing did no damage whatsoever because the punches are just different. They're different. You have heavier gloves. You uh, you know, everything is just different. And so, uh, yeah, that's why I say, I mean, yeah, it would, would have taken me one round. All right. Maybe we could still get that together. I don't think it's too late for you. I think we could have that happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to promote. I won't take anything. I'll take, I'll take like 18 19%. That's all I need. But uh, listen, be- before I let you go, Oscar, you're promoting another big fight, Jorge uh, Linares versus Luke Campbell. This is on September 23rd. Lightweight title is up for grabs here at the Forum in L.A. Good seats uh, still available. Not expensive. Otherwise, you can catch it on HBO. 
This is a good this is a good one, right? The Linares has won like 11 in a row. Campbell, former uh, fellow Olympic gold medalist. This is this is a great fight. I mean, uh, at, at the 140 pound division, uh, Olympic gold medalist uh, Linares is like a pure pure boxer puncher. I mean, reminds me of like Alexis Arguello. I mean, he's just amazing. And uh, and they come to fight. They mm-hmm. come to fight, and they, they they come to give us a great show. So uh, I, I expect uh, I expect Linares to, to, to turn it up and, and and win that world title. That'll be good. And then what, where where does someone like that go? Lomachenko is too light for these guys, right? It's it's hard. What, what would you? Uh, what's the next step for any of them? Yeah, I mean you have guys. You have guys uh, like uh, like uh, Mikey Garcia, mm-hmm. uh, who's from uh, from from Oxnard, who's a, a terrific, a phenomenal world champion. Uh, you have guys uh, uh, like uh, like uh, Crawford, um, who is an amazing talent for sure uh, yeah. in that division. So there's 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 many many challenges out there for them. Uh, there's fight, this fighters like Adrian Broner, where if you want to go up against him, you can you know create an exciting event. So um, yeah, there's there's plenty of challenges. Uh, you know, boxing today is, is look, it's it's on the rise, and obviously uh, this Saturday is the pinnacle of of of, uh, of you know it's, it's boxing is, is is on the map once again, and people are excited and they're talking about the sport. I agree. Listen, th- there's almost no chance that this isn't an, a, a very entertaining fight. Triple G versus Canelo Alvarez, pay-per-view this Saturday night. Catch it. Oscar, so happy to have you. Thanks so much for coming on Against All Odds. All right, you got it. Thank you. Take care, buddy. That'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. If you think you're eligible for our Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame or you just want to shoot us an email, do so. Cousin Sal, Against All Odds at gmail.com. Tweet me at the cousin Sal. Brother Bry is at BSZOK816. Parlay Kid at the Chalk Talker. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live 1135 on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta and Oscar De La Hoya. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na, 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 na,